What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast where our motto is, we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 353, broken up into two parts, A and B. Lee, Lee. Thank you, gentlemen. Lee. 353A posting on 1024 will be a discussion on The Burial, and 353B posting on 1026 will be a discussion on Dumb Money, available theatrically. The Burial is available on Amazon. We're switching it up this week. Uh, I was unable to catch Dumb Money where I am. It's not playing. Uh, so we all three saw uh, The Burial, so we'll use that as the main episode. And then Dumb Money uh, will be the B episode. It'll be 25 to 30 minutes, and then... Sorry for the switch up. But that's what we are doing. It's been a it's been a good ride, guys. I, re- I really appreciate my time here. So thanks. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell, joining me as he does every week as my co-host Roger Stillian and our lovely perma guest, Chris Bond. Now, Chris, did you listen to last week's episode by chance? I have not yet. My my wife did though. Why? What's up? Did you want to respond to what Roger and I said you were doing? No, no, no. I'm good. <laughs> you wait. Do you, do you do you even know what we said you were doing? No, no, I don't know, so I'm not going to comment on anything at this time. Rod, you like to fill? You like to fill our um, our, our guest, Chris, in as to what with what he was doing last week and why he couldn't be on the show. I don't know what you're talking about. Running naked Perfect. through wheat for through wheat fields. Oh, but I would you, never say that. Oh my goodness, it is okay. All... So hold on, hold on, hold on. Funny story. So were you really running <laughs> naked through wheat fields? <laughs> Not not recently. So uh, we used to go on a family uh, camping trip, right? So every year, or like twice, actually twice a year, we'd go camping on like the acreage that like my grandfather owned, which is a ton of it. And one time, so like the whole thing is like we go down there, you know, and camp, do you know, have some fun, eat some food, sleep in the tent, wake up, clean up the whole the whole campsite, which we racked, and then come back home. Well, sure. I didn't feel like cleaning one time, and uh, my uncle and uh, someone else, I can't remember who it was at this point, basically said anyone that would that would run home naked would streak home from the woods, didn't have to clean anything. I immediately stripped down to you know to my to, to my spanky wankies, and I booked it home as fast as I could. And Did like, you leave your shoes on at least. No, no, I, I had to, I tried, and then I got it, it. It was it was claimed foul that I had to take everything off and run home in the woods. And uh, yeah, there's a picture of me somewhere where I have a shirt covering myself as I cross the road to my house. So yeah, wait a minute, yeah, that, that's actually have, happened. I have a question. Well, I have many, yeah. but I'll, I'll I'll leave with one question. <laughs> I have many. <laughs> How far away were you that you could just streak home? And B, this is the B four miles. Um, <laughs> B, how messy? How dirty could your campsite have been to clean up? I just didn't feel like doing it, and I was it's giving it out, man. Yeah, right? Like, I mean, like what are you doing? I, mean, uh, pr- pr- I understand. Probably about a mile. Probably about a mile. That's a so, long yeah. way to go naked. It really was. It really was. But 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 I grew up I grew up in those woods, so it's not like it was like unfamiliar area. So, so you I'm know more what? worried about my uh, feet than... Yeah, yeah actually, the, that, that was the biggest... The, 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 it luckily, it was in the morning, and it was, it was cooler out. So the, the ground was hard, you know, and it, it was very cold. Right. But, yeah, it, it a few... Uh, you know, a few misplaced sticks in, you know, yeah, my, my feet were hurting by the time I got back home. Yeah, but yeah, I say that, but like, I'm going to like broken glass or something, bottles no. or whatever. Yeah. No, 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 not in our woods. No. I mean, not in your woods. You guys don't Stay. drink in your woods? No. No, we we, we, we were good kids, man. Huh. We didn't do that crap. Man. What about now? Would you do it now? Of course you would. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. All right, wait, 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 the, the drinking or the running home naked? Both. Yes. 
both. Yes, yes. The okay. answer is still yes. <laughs> this changed <I'll>... nothing. <laughs> my, uh, my additional years of wisdom has changed nothing. Um, all right, <laughs> what's going on this week, gentlemen? I love you Tell said me. wisdom. <laughs> I mean, you do have some kind of wisdom. It's weird, but no. What's going on this week, guys? Tell me. Uh, so I went to a soccer game. Again, like I, I want to do a football. And, uh, yes, I went and watched football, and uh, it was a good time. Had Very fun. Cool. Yeah, always. Columbus is a good team. They're uh, going to be the number three seed in the playoffs, so that's nice. Ooh, all right, big, yeah, big times. stuff. Good times. We're going to go for a title here. Let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Then I go. came back home today and watched more soccer on TV, and then I watched actual football on television. Yeah, like, yeah, real football, right? Real, real there American football. football. There we go. <laughs> football, indeed. All right, gentlemen, what about what are you, Chris? Uh, nothing much. It, it's swim season again for uh, for my oldest, so we're very busy with swim practices and that kind of stuff. Uh, I ha- did start watching Arcane again because my wife finally decided to uh to uh bless herself with great viewings of of things. So we have started watching that again. Got the first three episodes. It is a masterpiece. I cannot wait to finish this movie, the, this series. So it is. So, and we did. Go ahead. Your kid's starting swim, mm-hmm. and it's going to frost tomorrow. Uh, the so so the Y in our area does sure. what's called. Uh, they do winter swim. So okay. it's it's all inside, and all the meets are within gymnasiums and stuff like that. That have that are all indoors. So yeah. Nice. Yeah, walking to the car sucks, uh, especially, especially oh, yeah. for especially for her because you know she's all wrapped up as tight as she can get, you know, after swimming and stuff. But yeah, no, it's 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 not as bad as it sounds. Chris and I struck a deal. I will watch uh, Arcane. Chris, we have to watch something. I suggest. Yeah, it's fine. Bring it on. To be done. Um. Yeah, but I don't. I don't have a problem watching Arcane. Listen, I, actually, li- I like listen. the first two episodes I watched. So. So listen, you made it through the first two episodes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I would suggest that you watch them again just to make sure that you're because, like, the first three episodes are like their own, like, like miniature movie with, within like the whole series. But um, when we finished, when me and my wife finished watching the third episode, she looked at me and she said, "And Grayson hasn't watched this yet because, like, it's got everything that we talk about that we want from films. It's you know, it's got actual stakes, it's got character development, it's got you know, you know, things that matter." All of it is all wrapped up, so it's it's just it's one of those things where like there's no way that someone who appreciates any kind of like storytelling won't enjoy this for at, at some levels. Well, I, so. I I get that, but I can fire back at you with a hundred titles that you should watch if you're if under yeah, that same I'm under that same guise of the yeah. same the same thing you said. But no, I'm definitely gonna watch it. My brother loves it, so I'm sure I will also. You should have made him watch Vinland. I didn't tell you what it is. What's no, 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 he's no, uh, he's talking about you watching Vinland Saga. Mm, indeed, indeed. What else going also on, guys? Good. Anything? I don't think. I think that's all I got. I'm on vacation, so that's cool. Oh, As hell yeah! I'm across the pond. I'm on vacation too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have as well done the same reason Chris is uh, the bum unemployed vacation. Absolutely. Yep. Um, yep, yep. I'm across the pond at the bloody old England. Oi. England football. I don't. I was gonna say hot dogs, but oh, speaking of hot dog, I meant I knew I knew I was hogging the brain. I we ordered Domino's this week, and there's an option to get a Domino's pizza with hold hot on, dogs. Hold on, hold on. How in the hell did you get from where you were to where we are right now? <laughs> I don't understand the words you said to get there, but I mean, oh, oh it's British just, word. Oi, oh, it, oi, football. Oh, then I was gonna say hot dog because I hot 
for some reason thought hot dog was Boy, the thing, football. Let me tell you about that Domino's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I had a pizza with hot dogs on. It was actually quite tasty. That's weird, Isn't though, it? right? What the the pizza? Yeah, I'm or... not above it. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I mean, that's disgusting. But I'd try it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know though. Like hot dogs cook differently sometimes. Are so much better than like the hot dogs that's you true. remember from growing up. That's true. I mean, like, 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 like them cut into like smaller rings, like, like you know, like different kinds of pepperoni, and then you know, cooked in an oven. Yeah, they they'd crisp real nice, you know, on the edges yeah, and stuff. So yeah, it's probably it's probably decent. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Right. It's not bad. The weather is beautiful over here. The fall falls in full fall mode, which is great, and um, I'm really enjoying myself. Indeed. What else is going on, guys? Anything? That's how no, we got to your hot dog more, story. No, Thank I'm you not for allowed the... to buy any more Legos. I was officially told. Oh Wait. really? Who told Until you? Until I build some. You're just buying them in boxes. <laughs> yep. Wait, hold on, hold on. Are you like keeping them to like as they appreciate value? You sell them, or are you gonna? No, just... I just buy them and then I never build them for whatever. No, listen, listen, I, I have I built plenty of Lego in my life, but yeah, like, yeah. I have so many full sets that I have to build. Yeah, Good my... news is I'm on vacation, so I'll be. So you have time. You got some time. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to get my apartment vandalized, but I do the same thing with magic. Only I have like. I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of boxes unopened for the last 10 or 15 years, 20 years of magic, just sitting in yeah. my apartment in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna, those are going to be a good payday one, one, one day. Let me, let me tell you something. Great payday. There you go. All right, gentlemen. Well, if you guys don't object, we should jump into the show. What, what, if anybody what has money, object? I'll tell you where his apartment is. Yeah, same. I can be bought. Oh, my goodness. That's terrible. Let's start <laughs> the show, gentlemen, shall we? All right. This is... Episode 353 of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast about films, movies, and cinema is posted each and every Tuesday and Friday at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office, current and upcoming releases, what streaming trailers and movies of the week. Without further ado, let's jump into the box office and Taylor Swift. Still in the number one spot, as if anyone doubted. Thirty-one, another thirty-one million dollars domestic, doing a worldwide so far of one hundred and sixty. What are we thinking about this? I mean, we're not surprised, are we? No, I don't think so. No, I mean the the power of the Swifty is in full force. Um, I agree. I I'm gonna go back to it. I, I'm I'm a little surprised I hadn't done better, but because I mean there are like I, I did some research this week, and so supposedly there are like hundreds of millions of Taylor Swift fans out there. I'm like, what? The box office does not reflect that whatsoever. I don't understand that. Uh, I but, mean, again, going going to the movies to see a concert film is, it is a foreign idea, right? It, it, it's not, it's not a, it's not the common way you and you enjoy that, that, that media. So I don't think you're going to get every single Taylor Swift fan to go out and see it. I think that a, a lot did a shit ton did. And I think everyone who's a part of that, that whole setup and situation is happy for it. Well, see, I think, again, I think Taylor Swift fans are, like, if there's one musical fans who would do that, I think it'd be Taylor Swift fans. But <clears throat> Okay, we'll so before you move on to what's number two, uh, I would like to point out the, the Taylor Swift era's tour concert film has officially surpassed the domestic total of The Flash, uh, ah. Sh- Shazam! Fury of the Gods, and Blue Beetle. <laughs> good. Good, good. Wow. She's just she's just beating the shit out of DC. Like damn. Yeah, she is. She's doing a good job. I will continue to use this metric as it slowly takes down more stuff. Oh my god, Bob Ross fell off the table. Takes no, down not Bob. 
Gotta say Bob Rod. Number two, Killers of the Flower Moon, twenty-three million this weekend domestically with a worldwide of forty-four. Not a great start, but not a bad one either. I don't know. Forty-four hours long, like the movie. Yeah, yes, right. forty-four hours long. One 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 million dollars for every hour. The Just so everybody knows, because I'm going to complain about this next week. This movie <laughs> clocks in at three twenty-six. That is killers. a four-hour trip to the movies, folks. Like, if I can't catch this movie at <laughs> at eleven a.m., I can't see it because right. my children will be home from school before I arrive back at home. It's insane. So that's, ridiculous. That's, that's nuts, man. That's just crazy. Number three, The Exorcist Believer, 5.6 million domestic with a worldwide of 107. That's not going where I thought, thought it would either. Paw, Paw Patrol, the mighty movie, 4.5 million with a domestic of 148. Paw Patrol is beating Exorcist. That's of course something. it is. The Nightmare Before Christmas, the 30th anniversary re-release, 4.1 million. Bringing it worldwide to 4.1 million. That gets re-released like every year, right? I remember seeing that yep. last year, and if not the year before that as well, and probably the years before that too. That's one I think I might try to check out if I have time. But things how I couldn't even find dumb money. Chances of me finding that are pretty slim. Saw 10, The Creator, A Haunting in Venice, The Blind, The Nun 2. That's 6 through 10. I can't believe The Nun is still making money. Why the world is nuts? It's I mean, look, it's got a worldwide. It's top end at two sixty two. So I remember the budget wasn't crazy for that. So that's that's definitely a win for them. I mean, uh, I I know that they made their money back and more, including marketing. So yeah, yeah it, it, it did not do a, a terrible job, even though it wasn't a great film. It was not, but people do love that kind of that, that cult horror stuff. People do love it. And let's take a look at what's streaming. As this week, we are starting our rotation over on Netflix. I'll start us off with Robin Hood, The Prince of Thieves by director Kevin Reynolds, Kevin Costner, Morgan Freeman, Mary Elizabeth Mastriantino, Christian Slater, Alan Rickman, Michael McShane, Geraldine McEwen, 1991. I have a bone to pick all the time with Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I think it's one of the worst 90s slash... What? I said, what's that? Oh, interesting. It's that a... is not British. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, there's if that's what you're citing is what's wrong. There's there's a million things before that, but of no, the that's 19... number one, that's the first thing you notice in that film. Well, okay, fair. Um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, among all the '90s and early 2000s big epics, I think is it's one of the most visionary ones because it's one of the first, but it's also one of the ones that just doesn't measure up with the others. I mean, it, there's a lot to be desired with this one, and it should have. It was big budget. Kevin Costner at the time, you know, Morgan Freeman, although Morgan Freeman wasn't quite Morgan Freeman yet. I mean, he had a young Christian Slater, Alan Rickman, had all the right elements. It just, uh, I just, it was, it was weirdly told, especially how like the camera, like people, a lot of the characters like broke the fourth wall sometimes. Yep. It's just some of those camera setups are, are very odd and very just kind of out of place. Uh, I understand what they're trying to do with some of those setups, but they just, it still doesn't make sense to me why you would do that in such a big budget film. But uh, like otherwise Deadpool. it's, <laughs> right. Otherwise, it's uh, it's a it. I love the music. It has all the right flourishes and all the right moments, all the adventure tropes. Um, I think Kevin Costner was probably not right for that role, but and by probably not right, definitely not right for that role. But oh, so I, I mean, at the time, he was the right guy for the role. I don't even think at the time he was there. I mean, I just don't know what like 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 um, Roger just said. He made no effort to be English whatsoever. No, because he's Kevin Costner. Right. Yeah. He and care. he's like, I'm American. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Kevin Costner was like, that was one of the biggest actors in the world at the time. So 
I can understand, but it's a. I, I like to go back and revisit that, especially when I'm working. I can just glance up as I'm doing my input. Um, if you really love Brian Adams, <laughs> listen, that too. Watch that, that too. movie. It's, but it's. I always think it's an interesting one to catch up with. It's got some good dialogue, and it's all the all the effects are practical, and there's not a lot of special effects. Which again, these days you gotta you gotta enjoy because we, so much of what we get is armies clashing, and it's there's CG armies, so they don't really there's lifeless. But that Remember one that like awful that. recent Robin Hood movie with Taron Egerton and uh, Jamie Foxx? God, yeah. That yeah. movie stinks. That was in 2018. That was a big letdown, too. Well, that was a bad letdown, too. My goodness. Big budget letdown. That was the worst. Mm-hmm. All right, Roger. The Imitation Game by director Morton Tildum, Benedict Cumberbatch, Keira Knightley, Matthew Good, Alan Leach, Roy Kinnear, Mark Strong, 2014. Excellent choice, by the way, sir. Uh, yeah, excellent choice because it's an excellent movie. And... You know, Benedict Cumberbatch, this movie got him, uh, got some Oscars, brought really, I mean, he was already pretty famous then, but this really like propelled him to the top. You know, it's a story about Alan Turing creating like the world's first actual computer, which is, it ends up being a cipher for uh, the Nazi code beats the Enigma machine. So that's pretty rad. It's a, it's a strong movie. Everything in it is strong. And then you learn more about Alan Turing, the person, like uh, how he was, he was a gay man that was persecuted for that after legitimately saving millions of lives um, during World War II. So it is a crazy, awesome movie that is like the ultimate slow burn, and it works so very, very well. And that amazing score with that very oh, excellent with that very iconic piece of music that you hear a lot now is that's an excellent excellent movie that's a good choice and Chris another good choice sir director well, sorry us by director Jordan Peele by uh, with Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke 2019 I, I know you're very you're very fond of this movie Chris I, I, so tell us about it I am it was one of the the movies like in this genre of like horror and kind of suspense and thriller that like like really made me start like kind of like leaning towards liking kind of like your more spooky films because I'm, I'm i'm like roger i wasn't a fan at all growing up still not like a huge fan but this move like i think this is the film that really kind of opened me up to him because like they can have they can have interesting stories they can have you know things that you can dig into and really think about and this movie every time i read about it or it, like i see a review for it everyone always mentions like how good jordan peele is and like watch out for jordan peele because like now he has two movies that are good i don't think the movie gets enough credit for just being a good film being and good. then yeah, and like and like and all all the performance in it are fantastic. It does it does it has a great commentary like you know underneath of what you what you see on screen and what's given to you. But I think that comes from not only the director but everyone involved in the project and just how well everyone does. And it, it, while the ending did it does kind of like it kind of veers off a little bit. Uh, we just mentioned score with the, with the last film. This movie does so much with sound, especially near the end of the film, that I thought was just fantastic. I, I, I've always enjoyed watching us. I've seen it a couple times now, and it's one that if I do catch it or see it someplace I got in the watch, it will be one that I put on again. So uh, I do enjoy this film. I've always liked Get right Out. Reasons. I've always liked Get Out is his. Get Out's the one that just I've been memor- mesmerized by. But Us is yeah. that one that I always remember. That last shot is like, it's so impossible. That's just not... <laughs> Where they're like joining hands all like that massive chain of like, come on, man. It was, so, it was, it was the uprising, man. Do you think oh. if you had to, you could kill your doppelganger with a baseball bat? I mean, that's a tough call. I, I, I mean, I know I could. I don't think Grayson could, though. Mm-mm. Why could? Wait, hold on a second. Why do you guys both unanimously agree without even taking a second to think about it? 
Well, I mean, it, have you ever hats. met you? <laughs> God. Well, Roger, could you kill your? Okay, but they're also armed with a bat. Oh, listen, I would fuck that dude up. I know his weaknesses. <laughs> Donzo, yeah. Wait, for the I shins, right? Not even the knee, just the shins. Out for a week. You guys think you guys could both take down your doppelganger, no problem, but I I, I couldn't? I mean, yeah, no, we, we, at least agree, we at least agree, Grayson, that you would struggle, right? Like okay, you would well, struggle. Look, that's all I'm looking for. I'm not looking for, like, now nah, he's dead. Like, you guys didn't even I mean, to... definitely be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Roger didn't even hesitate. Like, now nah, you, you, you couldn't do it. Like, didn't even think I mean... about it. He's, he's he's being a little more straight with you right now. Maybe, maybe 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 it's a kind I of. I thought this was I thought this was like honesty and open. I thought this is what this was. <laughs> My goodness gracious! All right, let's did I, did I, re- I mean, I initiated this conversation, so I expect True. it to be free flowing. <laughs> All right. If you have if you still subscribe to Netflix, I say that still subscribe because a lot of people have unsubscribed recently. Um, they so they are, are raising their prices again. They are. By the way. That is confirmed. Not 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 a small amount. It's a couple dollars. So it's going to be a couple of bucks. It's going to be more than a ten percent increase. My the think, balls on this company well, at this point, th- right? Like, well, <laughs> like, I, think, I think they know they're that the SAG is going to win that strike. Is they're going to get everything they asked for, which means every time someone hits play on anything Netflix, they got to set up accounts for all these people and send them checks. I think they're about to get hit with. They've been operating with pretty much impunity for the last however many years and they're about to be like well our monthly our monthly cost just went up by like 400 million dollars so we have yep, to increase the price so if you subscribe to netflix robin hood prince of thieves the imitation game and us by jordan peele all available for your viewing pleasure let's talk about some trailers gentlemen chris i put this up there for you dune part two the final trailer with timothy chalamet rebecca ferguson Florence Pugh, Zendaya, Javier Bardem, Josh Brolin, Austin Butler, Leah Sadu, Stellan Skarsgård, Christopher Walken, Dave Bautista, Tim Blake Nelson, Charlotte Rampling. I'll stop there. It's a feature. Uh, Chris, I'll open the floor to you. What do we think about this last trailer? I thought we were friends, Grayson. We are friends. Why do you keep doing this to me? I don't need to see this anymore. It just makes me sad. It makes me sad. You want to see it. No, I need to see it, but I'm not getting it yet. And the worst part about it is at the end of this trailer, it still says November 3rd on it. Oh, does it really? I didn't even realize that. Son, sons of bitches. Yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah, I, maybe I didn't realize that was the final trailer. That wasn't, maybe that's, I just saw that final trailer and posted it. But No, um, it is listed as the final trailer, and it, it did release recently, but it's just like they, they don't have the decency to remove the original release date as it taunts me on screen. That's no, so I mean, funny. the trailer. The trailer's good. That's uh, like, it, it's everything I want. Like, uh, that's in like two weeks or like a week, like a week and a day. That the, the I know. Day. I know. Ten days from now, we could have been watching Dune. Could have. Yeah. Been right. Dune. You're a dick, Grayson. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I'm excited for Dune. It's been a long time since we've had something like this, like Lord of the Ringsy, to look forward to a, a part two of. It's been a while, and I'm I'm happy we, we get to. But I'm 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 very excited for this. Um, I'm I really hope we get it before. I, I was hoping we get it before March, but we won't. That's when it comes out. So yeah, yeah. I was hope I was hoping it'd be before twenty twenty four as well. But here we are. Indeed, here we are. But I, th- I think look, there's not one person not excited for Dune. I can't imagine there's someone like no, just doesn't tickle my fancy. I'm only lukewarm for Dune. <laughs> get the fuck out. <laughs> All right, the Iron Claw was Zac Efron, Lily James, Maura Tierney, Jeremy Allen White, hey, Harris Dickinson, Holt McCallney. It's a feature from A twenty four. Gentlemen, give me one second. Uh, it is, if you don't know, the true story of the inseparable Von 
Eric Brothers, who made history in the insanely competitive world of professional wrestling in the early 1980s. What are we thinking? So, if you don't know who these Zach people Efron are, isn't human, right? And, and Andy has Andy has all the abs. He's huge. Well, bro, did you see Jeremy Allen White? Yeah. Okay. A, okay also huge, but like Zach Efron's like, oh, okay. I mean, this makes me look bad, but he's like my size. You know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. he looks like he's six he's foot nine. He's everything you could never be. <laughs> yeah, he's right? he, is, he is. He is a monster. <laughs> so movie magic, whatever you want to say, he is huge. Kudos to both them guys, man. They got jacked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, they're like both in really good shit. shape. So this story legitimately ought to be pretty good and very depressing because like, that family is fucking cursed, man. Really? Um, the, re- well, really the reason we're getting a movie them. about it is because legitimately a lot of terrible shit happens to those people. So, mm. yeah, it's going to be a fun family film. Good. Bring, I'll take my kids. Bring, yeah, bring all the kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Um, I think it's got a hell of a cast. It, it's a good trailer. Uh, it's just, it, again, it, it doesn't, I'm glad it reminds me of like movies. It reminds me of kind of 10 years ago, like still when Hollywood was like no holds bar, huge budget, great trailer. They just, no expense spared. It just reminds me of that. And I'm, I, I think we got to really kind of evangelize and watch the movies like that that come so we get more of them. But I hope this movie does well. And I think it will. It's got a, there's a healthy wrestling uh, community in the, in mm-hmm. the, in the States, at least the States, if not worldwide. So I think it'll, it'll, it'll do okay. I really hope it does. Yeah, that'd be good. Yep. Agreed. Uh, I, mean, I often notice him like, it yeah, looks Zach, well done. Zach Efron is huge in this trailer. He's, he's massive. He, he's so big. Like when he walks down the hallway in the, one of the last shots of the, he like, his arms look like tree trunks. And he's mm-hmm. walking like almost side to side because he's so big. <laughs> he has all the abs. All of the abs. That's it. No more thoughts on. Well, I just. I no, like, we're just going to let it hang. Cool. You talk yeah. about Zach Efron's abs. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Thank you. Thank you. Let's talk about the boys in the boat. Uh, Joel Edgerton, Callum Turner. It's a feature. And I, I, I want to make note that uh, George Clooney is, uh, is, is behind this one. The boys in the boat. 19, I think they uh, hold on. 1930s set story era centered on the University of Washington's rowing team from their Depression era beginnings to winning gold at 1936 Berlin Olympics. I think they missed the golden opportunity to, to title this movie "Cool Swimmins," and I'm mad about it. Mm. Like cool runnings, is it, or like bold. Cool exactly like cool runnings, no. but with you know, yeah, yeah, okay. yes. It's the same. It's the same story. It would be called cool boatings. No, it wouldn't because cool. They're not swimming. They're not running in cool runnings. No, but they run they're alongside. Sledding. Well, they run alongside. They're running alongside. Cool sledding. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't. Again, this looks big budget, no holds bars cost. I'm I'm very excited for something like this. We need more of it, George Clooney. Thank you, but uh, as if you know, thank you for listening to the show. Also appreciate that. Um, let's. I, I don't know. I what do you think? Show. No, I'm just. I'm hoping he does, and I just thanked him. So, anyway, what what are you thinking about this? Are we are, are we psyched? It looks this cool. or no? Who doesn't love a good old timey sports movie? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it it looks like I don't know. It I think it looks like Cool Runnings, but with you know white boys in a boat. So I'm I'm down for it. I love Cool Runnings. Mm. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Bold take, sir. Bold take indeed. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. I, I think this is going to be one of the sleepers of the holiday. I at least I hope so. It, it does. It definitely has the 
potential to be a, a big earner, and I really hope it is. God, I hope some of these movies do well in this holiday season because we need something. We need Taylor Swift can't do it all, guys. Taylor Swift cannot do all the heavy lifting herself. I bet she can. I bet she yeah, could. She, she she probably could actually. I feel I should have said that, but yes, indeed. Yeah, never never underestimate the fact that she can and will do it all. <laughs> yes, yes, sirs. Um, so there's the the trailers you can check out on our on our social media. Dune Part Two, The Iron Claw, and The Boys in the Boat all coming out uh, before the new year. So I'm uh, hopefully those will at least be good. Those are some. Well, no, sorry, Dune is next year, but. The Iron Claw and Boys in the Boat are next are this year. All right, gentlemen, it is that time. Let's move into the burial from Amazon. Let's that sounds morbid. Who are sound we morbid. burying? I don't. I mean, apparently, Chris watched something about uh, Adolf Hitler's remains being transported. Chris, Chris, what did you watch instead of <laughs> what we were supposed to watch? So, okay. Well, anyway, at least. 30 seconds of. Listen, it's spooky season. 100 minutes of. It's spooky season. So when I was told I was watching a movie called The Burial, all I did in Amazon was type in Burial. And what comes up is some movie that's in like 1945, right after World War II ends, and there's a group of soldiers transporting Hitler's remains across Europe that is attacked by werewolves. And at the point where the werewolf flashes on screen... I began to immediately question if I was in the right place, and I had to ask again what movie we were watching. Because I gotta say that, that gotta wasn't say, it. I gotta say, good call on the questioning what we were watching because, like, this is no way that Amazon, may, uh, Amazon, this is not tier one for Amazon. I might go back and watch it. Don't get me wrong. At this I point. mean, that's the thing. I think you should. I've been talking about it again next week <laughs> about what could have been. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll yeah. tell you what you guys missed out on. Chris will be telling us next week that it was so good. We definitely should, should watch it. You guys have to watch it. Guys, it was movie. so fucking terrible. We loved it. <laughs> we loved it. All right. The burial. The numbers are high. Let's start out with Tomato 90%, 9-0. And the audience score, 85. Them, them some high numbers, boy. Those, Those are good, good numbers. It does also have a 74 on Metacritic. Which is very good for Metacritic. That's a high number for Metacritic. So mm-hmm. Very for a movie. Let's get some particulars out of the way for... This one, I gotta find them for. Oh, there we go. Sorry. All right, let's get some particulars out of the way for the burial. Of course, Jamie Fox and Tommy Lee Jones as the true to life characters, Willie Gary and Jeremiah O'Keefe. Also joining them, Journey Smollett, Mamadou Athi, Pamela Reed, Bill Cam, Amanda Warren, Dorian Missick, and Tisha Spate. Directed by Margaret Betts. Let's talk about it. Roger. Can you fill us in on what the burial is about? Sure. So uh, the burial is a um, based on a true story of Jeremiah O'Keefe. Uh, he is a man played by Tommy Lee Jones in this movie that owns a not not a small but like a, a medium sized small business company of uh, funeral homes and things like that. Sells his own burial insurance. Has eight or nine things listed underneath it, and he runs into some financial trouble and decides he's going to sell off a couple of his properties or a couple of his businesses, you know, to get an influx of cash, keep everything else going. Ends up um, striking a deal with a big conglomerate called the Lowen Group that is buying up all kinds of small properties and, like, you know, running the funeral services, and there's some deal, and they cut a deal, and it kind of, like, dies on the vine, and... Jeremiah decides that he has to sue them in federal court um, to recoup some money because his businesses are failing. That's on it, that kind of stuff. And this is the story that plays out um, with that. And uh, Jamie Foxx's character, his name's uh, 
Willie Gary, who is like this big, gregarious, outgoing guy. Think of like um, mid 90s Saul Goodman, um, that kind of character, kind of outlandish, only really does like personal injury settlements, like in the hundreds of millions of dollar range, that kind of stuff. Gets roped into this contract law thing, and we see like this like legal drama slash comedy play out. And it's uh, it's it's pretty good, pretty well done. I think so. It's a good recap. It's a and it's with two people like Tommy Lee and Jamie Foxx, you really have some A list talent there. And it's important that and so when I watch this movie, just real real quick, I think this whole thing kind of hinges on Jamie Foxx. Not that it doesn't on Tommy Lee, but I think this is I have a feeling this is Jamie Foxx's movie. Now Roger, you think a little differently, and you have a good reason for that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's both, but like it's Jeremiah's story as much as it is Willie's story. I agree. So, I mean, t- he has to be the focus character only because it's his story. But Jamie Foxx, he just he does such an impressive job with what he's given. And I'm surprised because when I, I mean, in the first 20 minutes, I was like, I was thinking, to myself, why did Jamie Foxx take this? I can see why Tommy Lee Jones took this. I was, I usually expect better quality uh, script when I'm when Jamie Foxx he is Jamie Foxx is very good but as the movie went on I the script was great that's the whole thing is like I think the script is a good script so I was like oh that's why he took it it's a it's a well-written script that kind of maintains the entire entire way through and what the movie does I think is very important with with some with some uh, with some connections that that it's making between the two men Uh, and I think it's it is a movie that deals with some with some race elements. It is a movie that deals with um, we're in the deep south here, and you, you, whatever you get with that, that's what the movie deals with. Uh, and I, th- I think it handles it very tastefully. It never felt too much. It never felt like it was overused. It just just enough to get to to tell the story, and I, I appreciate com- that. It tells a compelling story. I think very so. Compelling story. Very between two kind of di- very different guys. You know, one's like really subdued and just kind of wants it over with. The other's like loud, boisterous, and flashy and just wants the $100 million. And I think that they play off each other very well, Tommy Lee and Jamie Foxx. I really do think they have a good, you know, a repartee on, on, on screen. I, kind of, I really dug it seeing, seeing those two. Chris, what about you? I, I just, I, I really appreciated the way that Tommy Lee's character was portrayed by him. And I think while, you know, I agree with you, Jamie, Jamie Foxx did a really good job. I, I'm leaning more towards the fact that, like, the story being about, you know, what was his name? Jeremy? Jeremy O'Keefe? Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Yeah, Jerry O'Keefe. I think it being his story and the way that they have to, you know, they have to sell you how, like, this guy is a good person. He's likable, all these things. It, Tommy Lee does a very job of making that very evident. Like a, like a decent script can help you with that, but it has to be the actor that does it. So Jamie, you gotta have Jamie, some clout there. Yeah. Jamie Foxx is fantastic and he is great. I agree with you on that, Grayson, but I, I think we should not forget how good Tommy Lee actually is. Fair, fair. And I'm not trying to take anything away from him. Tommy Lee's a hell of an actor. Um, <clears throat> I just personally think the movie hinges more on Jamie Foxx, but uh, we'll talk, we'll, as, as you know, over the next, you know, 45 minutes, uh, our analysis will may bring that to the top or not. So let's talk about it then, shall we, gentlemen? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We can we also can we just take a second and talk about how Tommy Lee Jones doesn't age? I mean, um, 
I mean, he's I aged a little, true. but but that being said, for the age that he the man actually is, he's doing a pretty good job. It looks like. Well, I just never like even when I was a kid, he doesn't look any different to me than he did when he was when I was like in in the mid nineties when I was ten. He still looks. I this, mean, look, look, he's aged. Obviously, he's aged. But like, as far as looking at him on screen, does it really look like he's aged that much? Well, look, he really plays a very believable seventy-five-year-old. It does. True. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yes, yeah, but so like okay, he, he at least he doesn't have the old man shuffle, right? Like when because like when when you get the no, old he man seems shuffle, very going. spry. Yeah, when you get the old man shuffle, that's what that's when you start to get real worried about about granddad's health. You know what I, I mean? Know. So he he's did. he's doing all right. Oh no, Pappy fell down again. Pappy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. In some of those scenes where he was walking, it was you could definitely tell that he definitely had a little bit of a swagger that he needed to do to maintain the scene. Uh. Yeah, but I mean, he just, he looks, he just never looks like he ages. And I got to say, good for him. Good for him, Tommy Lee. Um, mm-hmm. So the two men, I think, this is a movie about about the two guys. And let's get into <clears throat> the, the similarities of the two men. There's there's a couple things right in the beginning of the film when, now these may be true to form things, especially for the characters. And this is a story that takes place in the 90, in the mid-90s, so it's, you know, it's not that long ago. I mean, it, you know, it's funny because we say it was, but it's really not that. It's not like we're talking about people from like 1920 or something. We're talking about from the mid the mid 90s, and the 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 both the similarities and differences of these two guys with their families, with their kind of in their element. And I think that's important. That's an important uh, comparison that the movie draws all the way through it, not just in the beginning or the end, but it just it keeps reconnecting you to the fact that these men are both very similar and very different. And I, I really appreciated how the movie took time to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that, you know, the fact that they're both family men, the fact that they both wanted things to hand down to the next generation of their family, the fact that they both took a stand against the, you know, kind of an evil of their time. And they both had that in common too. And there's a lot of other things too, but so let's get into it. So Willie Gary by Jamie Foxx, we, he's a man that doesn't like you like like you said Roger he he only takes cases he knows he can win so he keeps his win record very high and hasn't those, lost a case in 12 years hasn't lost a case in 12 years and of those cases he only takes one that is going to net him um the Large lifestyle profits. That he wanted lar- hundreds of millions if not you know d- dozens of he's got his own jet man he does wings of freedom which is a great wings commercial. of freedom wings which of is just wings of justice wings of justice, wings of justice. Yeah. okay wings of justice sorry uh, but that that is a funny little um, thing they did for his his commercials, um, and then we have Tommy Lee Jones, who is he's a Family Guy. Thirteen ki- wait, is it thirteen kids? Yes, thirteen kids, twenty seven grandkids, isn't it? Yeah. Now Roger and Chris, you guys no collectively not. <laughs> collectively mm-hmm. have between you three kids. Can you imagine more? Can you imagine having thirteen kids? Christ, no, no. Listen, I'm the oldest of eight siblings, and most of those are like estranged. So I couldn't imagine having to live with that. <laughs> Jeez, man, I couldn't. I mean, there was four of us growing up, and there were days that I thought mom was going to fall apart like a robot. So I mean, it's <laughs> I can't imagine having. Jeez, Louise, I cannot imagine having that many kids. But he's a family. I mean, if you guy, take our combined children and that and tend to it, that <laughs> <laughs> you have it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, again, Tommy Lee, he's a guy who's less boisterous, kind of more subdued, just kind of wants the last phase of his – he wants to make sure that his family is being taken care of and his work he wants a legacy. Of. He wants to maintain the legacy of his family. Yeah, he does. 
and then we then you put them both uh, the setting in the deep south, and then you you have whatever trials and tribulations that also brings. And let's talk about Alan Ruck for one second, Cameron Fry okay. from Ferris Beulah. Sure. So, so Alan Ruck, he's a uh, he's an interesting guy. Has an it? awful mustache. Awful. Not strong, right? Grayson level bad. Ooh, wow. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that. Yep, that we, makes sense. Louise, guys. Um, Did you shave it? Yeah, it's gone. You piece of shit. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> why the, wait, why does that matter? You said you were coming back with yeah, it. Yeah, you said I'll, you were. I'll gonna, come yeah. back with one. Don't worry, I'll come back with one. Uh, all right. Actually, I want you to grow a soul patch. Yeah, that 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 I, actually lines up perfect for your personality too. I do not want a soul patch. Thank you. No. Right. It's um, not about you. Yeah. What do you mean yeah. that? Hold on, hold on a second. We need to unpack. What do you mean it aligns my personality, Chris? What about you having a soul patch? He's right. I don't <laughs> like if you had a little beret on and a soul mm-hmm. patch. Perfect. Oh yeah, a little beret. Fedora even. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I can see it. Whoa, I can see it. Fedora? I can see it. No, do you have any no, vests? Shut up. We're not doing this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're going. To. I know. No, How no, many no, no, vests no. do you own? Zero vest. Thank you. Well, no, I have one in my closet. There it oh, is. Okay. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the movie. Alan Ruck. Yeah. I like um this is the other this is another character that I really kind of enjoyed because he went through I want to say he he went through a whole arc of redemption, but he he went through he in the beginning he was very unlikable and by the time we were done with him, he was I kind of like changed my tone on him. I mean his character has like, actual I, growth. So I mean it, it, yeah, it, it it's it's fair. I agree. I agree. I, I really kind of dug his character and, and how it how it changed. Uh, I don't like how it just he just kind of leaves the story and then doesn't come back. But I, and I know that might be true. That might be again one of those true. true well, there there are several characters that just sort of at one point leave, just walk away, and I'm I sure mean, for reasons that do make sense to the movie. But I yes. won't I won't spoil that part. But I think it the last definitely makes sense in the story. Yeah, the last guy that leaves uh, before before Alan does, I think, actually like, I don't know. I like the fact that he told he told him that he that he like that he's really sorry that that, that that this happened this way. I thought that was actually like a really cool moment for like for that that specific character who was a small character, almost inconsequential. But like lines like that, like I don't know, it it gives you a little bit more depth of tone of you know where agree, where people are at, you know how how these people are like you know may have actually interacted. I, I think you know lines like that are important, and a lot of times those seem like throwaways, but I think that was a that was actually a powerful a powerful one, even though it, it was very inconsequential in like you know the the large picture of the movie. I, I like that scene a lot too. Well, there are a couple of those I think di- lines of dialogue that or scenes that we didn't we didn't get, but and I kind of wanted, and then. Actually, kind of going against the grain. I didn't want. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about them. But mm-hmm. I did like that, Chris. What you just said—the dynamic between Alan Ruck and then uh, Jamie Foxx's team. Yep. And it, and it is part of part of the film, but it's 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 a it's a necessary part, and it's one that makes sense where they are in the case they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I liked how they how they use that. So let's. What did uh, Muhammad Athi, the young lawyer? Mm-hmm. I thought he was also Al Dawkins. Baby. Al, I thought he was also really good in this film. He's always yeah. good in what he's in, right? Because like yes, this is the is. first time we've seen him. Now, here, here's the thing, though. I I did have a problem with the whole trope of him, of everyone mistaking him at you know like 
not thinking he would be uh, he's the lawyer. A lawyer. They weren't mistaking they weren't mistaking him. It was they were purposely yeah, mistaking him. Yeah. Well, it, it's not even that though. Like 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 that that actually kind of makes sense. It's his reaction to it every single time. Like eventually you just got to think, "Huh, maybe I'm a really young black guy in the south and maybe it's unbelievable that, that in the mid 90s." Yeah, that that I'm a lawyer. Like like, you know, kind of own it, man. You know, have some fun with it. Instead like every time he's just super annoyed looking. I mean, I don't think it's a common thing in that area, you know. So I, I think maybe they could have made his character not, not not that he isn't likable, but I think they had an opportunity to make him a little bit more like like you know personable and open him up a little bit by maybe like the first time or even the first two times it bothered him, but then like after he just starts like kind of playing along or like gets a little bit brighter about you know like making fun of the people on the other side of like you know the rude comments of you know I didn't I just expected a real lawyer kind of stuff. I don't know. I think they missed something there. Like, what the there. fuck is that? Is that something like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, that's it was, a legit thing. It was yeah. his, we got the cutaway shot of him responding visually to in the face, like, these people, fuck these people. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I, and like, I, I get how it could be frustrating, but I mean, like, come on, like, have a little fun with it and make that character even more likable than he already is. Because, you know, I, I think it's going to be fair to say it. You can't walk away from this movie and not like Hal because he's just. Well, I think they do he's that. a good dude. That's the thing is, I think yeah, he, he does, does a good, good job of that. I think he does mm-hmm. a good job of making it. He kind of makes it his own, and then he's a very yeah. smart young man as well. True, he very is. true. Absolutely, he is. And he seems like you know, while he doesn't have the biggest impact on the case, like up front and like directly, he's the he seems like the hardest working guy on the case. Right? He's the one staying later than everybody else. He's going through files, you know, even after most people stop trying to go through them. And I think that, you know, I think that's, I like that a lot because he's also the one that really wanted to, wanted to bring on Jamie, uh, Jamie Foxx's character and really get this thing going in the way that, that it did too. So he stayed committed and, you know, in, in light of everything else that was happening around him. I like that. Absolutely. Well, of course he felt a kinship to, uh, he felt a kinship to um, Jeremiah O'Keefe because they've been a, fr- a friend of the family and it's just something that he, he's the one that got involved, Willie Gary. Um, and, Especially in the South, it was. I feel like that was a good move. That was a smart move for the film to do, also, to make um, his character more more likable. And it's just it it painted him as it did, it does a good job of painting him as like almost the most competent person in the room at all times. And I thought that was yeah. really well. I thought they did, did that a really good job. And on that same token, Journey Smollett. Let's talk about her for one second. I also thought she was really good, in in this role. I thought she kind of nailed it in this role of. Not really the antagonist, but just the opposing lawyer. We'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Have we seen her be bad in anything yet? I don't no, think so. Not yet. She's always a, she's always a solid a solid casting choice. Always mm-hmm. solid. Um, Agreed. she's very good in this too, and like, she doesn't. And she seems so normal, and she seems so like authentic in this role that she just I, always has been a lawyer. That that woman has always been a lawyer <laughs> before yeah. she turned an actor, and a damn good one. Yeah, indeed. Um, again, I, I, the, the, the good script also does a good job of helping to paint these people as wonderful character actors for, for the characters that they're playing. Uh, that also helped, but it's, I, I was surprised at how, uh, I was happy at the, the, just the high level performance all the way across the board in this movie, which we don't always get. Matter of fact, we rarely get that many great performances in one movie. So I was, I was happy. I was really happy about that. You guys. Well, it's weird. Like you got a good group of actors and actresses, right? And you have a good script and a compelling story, and we get a pretty decent movie out of it. 
but it's I, don't, I just I just don't think this is gonna like this doesn't I don't think this is gonna do anything for Amazon. It's unfortunate because it should, but I don't think it's gonna do anything for Amazon. I think this is gonna be overlooked by people and it's just gone. Let's talk about that for one second, Roger. What do you think well, about that? You think they just should have promoted the the Hitler corpse werewolf movie? <laughs> I mean, those <laughs> movies have a those movies have like a weird cult following, so like an actual cult following. <laughs> well, it, it was a cult of werewolves following the the soldiers, yeah. So it makes mm. complete sense. Complete sense. No, so I mean, it, I think that what we're seeing a lot of times with, you know, with the streaming platforms is I think Amazon and not so much Hulu, but like, uh, you know, some of these streaming services, I think they're in this space because they feel like they have to be in this space. And because of that, we're going to, we get a lot of, we get a lot of mediocre films, if not worse sometimes, but we do get good movies sometimes. Now, you know, what you asked was, you know, is this going to do, or you implied that this isn't really going to do anything for Amazon, unfortunately. I don't think that's the goal. And I think we've mentioned that before is it's not the goal like ever, like to have like, you know, all the movies you make, you know, it brings people to your to your platform like an individual film to like really like like bring you into the fold. It's having to stay relevant against the other competition that feels like they have to stay relevant. So, it's just a and I mean we've seen now we've seen companies pull out, right? Like Paramount Plus, it's sure. going it's going away. So, you know, they said, "Hey, you know, we're not doing this. We're losing money." It's it you know it's a whole you know department of our business now that just it doesn't make sense for us to continue in this space. So you know we're seeing the negative sides of it you know come forward you know for like on the business side of things now, and I think that that's all it is. I think that I don't think that the burial either one of them are gonna you know get or net or be credited for giving Amazon more subscribers. I don't think Amazon looks at that. I think Amazon looks at what they have to do to stay relevant in the space and offer people something that is being offered by competition. I think that's all this is. Well, but I mean, this—the budget for this, Roger, if you could be so kind as to hunt that down. Um, sure. I this can't be a this cannot be a low budget film. I I just don't think it's a low budget movie. There's no not, way. W- not with the amount of star power you have on it, but at the same time, the movie doesn't you know has no effects. It's everything is you know what there's what five different locations maybe that they shot this thing seven on. to ten thousand dollars for the burial what? seven to ten million <laughs> no you missed the joke that's how much a funeral costs oh oh god damn it <laughs> 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 it's good once you explained it but um yeah yeah, yeah. No, it's funny now <laughs> but it, it's i don't know and roger wrecked my train of thought 33 too, so. million wow yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah. Talk, 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 talk about budget well, it's you know again. There's nothing else to this film besides besides the script and 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 the people you have you know speaking the dialogue. Yeah, there's it's not a lot a whole lot of places they had to go. Most of it's in a, in a courtroom in mm-hmm. like a hotel conference room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it wasn't big set pieces or anything like that. Yeah, well, sure, I think sure. it makes sense. So, Chris, just I mean, we do to this could be a whole another episode, but just to, just to have a just a one more thought on what you said though is. I think you're wrong about now. Amazon, you're right. May not be in the space of we need the feature content to keep us to get people to come. But Netflix sure surely feels like that. Maybe Amazon doesn't because Amazon Amazon's got their got their hands in you know the the worldwide. Shipping. Amazon ain't going nowhere. No. Well, well, yeah. Well, they so well, they don't have to go anywhere. That's the thing. Well, well, so here's the thing. Netflix may feel like they have the obligation to because a they started this space. So if anyone has to maintain it, it has to be Netflix, right? Because that is their entire model. They have nothing else. They only do this. So that's one piece of that. The other piece is I I would actually venture to say that Amazon tried. 
and they ha- you know they have a one billion dollar blunder in the rings of power and everything they paid for to get that off the ground, and it did nothing for them because they tried to do it themselves, and sure. you know it just it didn't work out for them. So I don't think Bezos is in is in the uh, you know is in the in the mind of losing another billion dollars to try it again. I think he's just going to do you know I think this is just going to be what they do for a while until they figure out something else that might get them. Might be that thing that brings people to them, but until then, I so, think places like this are happy. Just you know, the uh, the twenty twenty two burial. Would you like <laughs> to know how much money it made? Please, worldwide made it was it was in theaters. This was in twenty. Uh, this was in some theaters. Yes, holy shit! Worldwide, ten thousand five hundred and fifty six dollars. <laughs> well, I was gonna say ten, so I wasn't too far off. But I'm so somehow this. you overshot though. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, sure. But see, just before we move into more of the discussion of the barrel, I think this is a good place for Amazon to be. If there's only 33, anywhere from, you know, 10 million to 40 million, I think is where Amazon, like, these movies are fine. And they just made one in the burial where it's a good solid movie for $33 million. Let's talk talk about Amazon movies for one second, just because I want to bring up a point. So um, we haven't watched an Amazon movie in a while with any like elaborate pieces going on. I mean, I know we just watched the man in the, um, the Michael Pena movie. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I should check the budget on that while I'm doing this. A million miles so, away. Yeah. Yeah. A million miles away. So do you guys remember when we watched the Michael B. Jordan movie, just mercy? Yeah. That, that, that wasn't Amazon. It is Amazon, but we watched that in theaters. Hmm. No, we I'm, did not. I'm positive we watched that theatrically. Are you sure not? Th- are you sure you're not talking about Without Remorse? Maybe I am. The 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 one. Okay. The um. Okay. Who, so maybe who, I mix that up. What char- The Rainbow Six character. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 yeah. Without Remorse. Yeah. Okay. So never mind. Let me let me recalibrate that here in one second. Because now I fucked up my whole idea. Ruined my idea, but thank you for Dang it. With, 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 with real news. With facts and knowledge. <laughs> Dang <laughs> it. No, but it's a good... I mean, I'm sure what you're... I feel like I have an idea what you're going to say, and it's, and it's a good point to make. It's not a lot of money, is what I was no. going to say. No, yeah, that's... Okay, yeah. so they don't have a budget listed for they, a million for, miles they, they don't. I can't find one either. That's weird, because are we assuming that if it's not listed, it's probably more than they wanted to pay for it? Well, so, uh, no, I'm I'm assuming that that the budget it was pretty low for that. Film I wouldn't as well. figure that one would be that high. Well, I mean, well, so I mean, think about it. Did you guys ever go back and watch the scene of the rocket lift off again, where it looks like it's just a? It's, yeah, it's, it's just it's not good. You know, it's not. It's like it's it's like someone has a miniature like stop motion set, and they're just pulling a string to lift off the rocket in a straight line. So, like, you know, maybe they didn't spend a lot of money on these again because I don't think they're trying to get return on like direct investment at this point for these kinds of movies. I think they just want to have content because they need to remain relevant for when they do get something that's big. I don't think they're banking on all these being these huge hits and being these huge blockbusters. They want people to recommend them. So people keep their subscriptions and that's it. And you know, they'll have their next rings of power. Netflix will have their next stranger things. You know, all these platforms will try to have their next one. And, you know, Paramount thought they had one in, in Yellowstone and it just wasn't enough to be, you know, to make things happen for them. So they pulled out, but it, it, I think it will continue to go on this way until either Netflix prices itself out of relevancy 
or until the next big thing hits and then everyone chases that next big thing. Think about, you know, how big Game of Thrones is, you know, and what it did, you know, for that genre of show. We ha- we got like four of them now, right? You know, someone will make the next big thing. It will make them a ton of money and everyone will chase it until they, someone innovates with the, you know, something of their own. And it'll just it'll be sure, it, it'll, sure, it'll, sure, it'll sure. be cyclical. Sure. Then that's and then that that's that's a good that's a good way to see that. It, 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 you're definitely right, though. It will be cyclical until someone. I mean, just again, one final thought before we move back into we've we've ventured away from the barrel. We need to get back to. However, Roger, what was the name of that of the failed streaming service that you and I absolutely detested? But it didn't. do Michael Katz was involved. DreamWorks, um, Katzenberg. Uh, the, Quibi. Was to, Quibi, where you're supposed to digest movies in like Quibi. bite size. That, that was like because, two minute things at a time because they were they were banking on the fact that people didn't have time and they were banking on the same thing that streaming services were banking on is we can kill the movie the movie model theater and we can make it we can make it better and I it mean, didn't. They, they, they were just trying to be like TikTok and YouTube shorts right before they were hey, look, a big thing if you tell me that vine wasn't the greatest thing ever created i'll tell you that you're fucking wrong you are old as fuck sometimes you know you say some things that make you date you <laughs> Hey, we're good. Everything I just said was factually correct. <laughs> there, oh, I mean, great... These aren't feelings again. This is factual. On, okay, all right. This there is were... fact, brother. <laughs> hold on. There were some. If you go on like YouTube and watch like the legendary mime beans, like those are very, very clever. Yeah, those are yeah. those are good. Um, but the point is, like, I don't. They were trying to just win the night, win the day overnight, and I just don't. I was. That's why I was so upset about them because, like, they were trying to like. Capitalized weird sex doll movie or something. I don't know, but they 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 wasted like a billion and a half dollars on content that no one no one ever saw because it just didn't no one subscribed to it. So you can't. It had it had Anna Kendrick, didn't it? Yes. Well, I mean, one of many huge stars for a massive. What are you talking about, (laughs) Christine? One of the. Dummy. It was called Dummy. Yeah. yeah so it was yeah. about someone's like someone's like weird like fetish doll thing come to life or something. Yeah, I, I do remember seeing an ad for that. Yeah. Anyway, so oh. let's, let's, let's get back to the barrel. Let's get back to the barrel then. Let's yes. Let's. No, change. no, no. I like I like I like where we're at right now. <laughs> so the best we have to be right weird, now. <laughs> the weird sex dolls. <laughs> so let's talk about other characters. Is all right, guys. Thank you. Let's let's bring it back. Bring it. Bring it back. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen. We're here. Back to the burial of another thing I, I really loved that this movie did was during and there was a more than there was more than a few of these scenes where where people were sitting around a table either negotiating or discussing a case or whatever is what this movie is really good at doing is capturing reactions of many people, uh, especially when someone said something and the camera would cut to two or three people to see their reactions real real fast. And I appreciate movies that take the time to do that because to me that's detail. Instead of just going back and forth between people talking, is they're they're giving you a few seconds to get everyone's reaction around the room also, which I think is very important mm-hmm. to character building. It's more important than a lot of directors these days uh, give it because a lot of people don't do that. But I'm glad that um, Betts did that because we got to see some character reactions around the table, and in a weird way, it. It gives you a large amount of insight into characters like Alan Ruck's character, or even, for instance, when they're doing the negotiation at the end, and mm. uh, Tommy Lee. Love and, that and, scene, by the yeah, way. I fucking Tom, love it. O'Keefe and his wife—they don't even speak, but like, they've been together for so long, and they're on the same wavelength. They're like, they just get, like, she just like 
cracks a weird little crooked smile, which if you blinked, you wouldn't see in the movie. But and then he knows exactly what like they just they're on the same page. And like, I I appreciate that, though. That scene was my favorite in the whole movie. I don't know oh, if yeah. you guys that I thought that Excellent. was really powerful when it came to like finding a way to film a scene and making it kind of new and fresh. I thought that was awesome. Chris, you know, well, I, I, slowly, slowly panning around the table. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just like that. I like that he danced he, out of there. Oh, he yeah, <laughs> he, he definitely did. Feeling oh, fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sing, singing that song on the plane. Absolutely. Yep. Um, and uh, things things like when they were cutting back and forth between the two couples, and it's there were some things in this film which I appreciated. For instance, um, and in well, hold on, favorite... hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you, you mentioned favorite scene, and so I, I think I want to bring up mine. Oh, absolutely. So, so my favorite scene in this in this movie is what is what lot is what dialed me into it right like that really like okay i'm now on board with everyone on uh, uh, in this movie it was the scene where uh jamie fox calls his wife the first time and when he says that he fucked up yeah yeah when he when he talks about how like like he like because that call could have been him and his big ego saying like you know these guys don't know what they're doing blah 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 they think it's my fault but and all this like that's what i that's what you expect of the character you know what sure. I mean? Because that, that's what's been given to us so far. But like when he calls his wife on that balcony and he's talking to her and he's like, he, I mean, now he didn't take ownership to the people he should have. Don't get me wrong, but he does that you know at a later time. But like, yep. but like he, he's, he, he fully commits to the fact that, you know, that, that it was his fault. He messed up and it hurt somebody. And like, you know, I actually believed through Jamie Foxx's brilliant acting that he gave a shit, you know, in that moment. And I was like, okay, maybe this movie's going to be different than I thought because I just thought he was going to be boisterous and there's going to be a few more misunderstandings and then something would bring them together, blah, blah, blah. But no, like they dug right into the fact that like, no, you know, uh, there's uh, real humility there. Yeah. And like, like underneath, you know, all of his bravado, he's like, a, he's like, you know, don't get me wrong. He's rich and he's, he's an absolute ambulance chaser, you know, but he, he, he's not afraid to admit that himself, but like, he's like a good person, which that was actually really mm-hmm. cool to see them, you know, break that down in that moment that way. I thought that was very powerful, and that was my favorite scene of the whole movie. Well, I did that. That, that kind of me is in contrast to how we meet uh, his character the first time that um, the young the young lawyer goes to kind of tell him, try to how? get him on their case. How when how lights him up? How mm-hmm. Dawkins? Yeah, it's one of those because again, that was part of like the I thought, like is this some weird comedy that we're not like they're not going hard in the comedy. They're just being weird about this, but I. That scene was weird to me. How he was like, "Let me just break it down for you." How this—it's not enough money. Um, we only do black cases. It's you know a, a slew of things didn't go his way. But then he's like, and then of course Hal gets the brilliant idea to like, "Well, let's make it about the billions instead of the five million. And you know he changes things. The one thing I I think I was missing, Chris, in in, in the scene that you enjoy so much is whatever would have come before it. Of now, why did he? What made him change? What made him call his wife and admit that he fucked up? What was that? So I think I can answer that. Yeah, um, I think, well, well I think I, the first I knew time. What it was. I know what it was, but like I'm asking yeah. you, like, what in the movie, besides getting obliterated, putting putting um, Jeremiah O'Keefe on the stand and getting obliterated, what else was there to tell you that he really took a shellacking and he needed to check his ego? Well, I mean, that that's the thing, right? Like, he really does get the gut check. Like, hey... You know, I'm I might be out of my league here. I'm not as practiced up on this. Hell, I'm not even a contract lawyer. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to bring all this commercial theatrics 
into this and try to like play up everything. And then I get, you know, I serve up the defense, a layup and they just smacked it back in my face. You know what I mean? Like I'm going against a level talent on the other side who is better, more experienced than me at every part of this, that I have to at least be humble here for a minute, admit my mistakes. And hopefully I get a chance to redeem myself because you know, there are plenty of trials, things like this. When you mess up like that, like, that's it. It's game over. Like, you don't ever get another shot at it. So I think that's what he's looking at, because, like, he knows he could have absolutely been the reason that case was lost. Which, again, when his team leaves after another kind of plot point, why does he stay? Outside of the obvious, he doesn't want to he doesn't want to take an L because he's never taken an L in 12 years. Why does he does the movie do a good job in telling you why he stays other than that? Um, I don't think they go straight out and explain it, but I would believe there's as much, you know, of like he's committed to Jerry to Jerry at this point. Yeah, it, it, it's the fact that he's gotten to know Jerry. Jerry's why he's there at that point. But again, that yeah. doesn't that kind of go against why his character in the beginning when he was trying to explain to young Hal Dawkins why he doesn't want to take the case? To me, yeah, it's just I, don't know if it goes, it, I don't know if it goes against it, but it shows growth. You know what I mean? Okay. Like he realized, okay. you know, yes, this is still about money, but it's also about my relationship with this man who I've come to deeply respect and care about. You know, this is his family's legacy. And now, you know, he has to look at if you want to talk about legacy, it's tied to him, too, because, you know, he's a big flashy lawyer and lost a case in 12 years. Well, guess what? You're really close to blowing this. You know what I mean? And like people are going to know that that stuff happened. So yeah, I, I also think it's Jerry's line outside the courtroom where he tells him, you know, you know, you're going to go back to your fancy house and your jet after this is over where, you know, he's put everything on the line for this. So, and I think it, it's that conversation combined with the fact that he got to know who Jerry is that, you know, makes him, you know, want to see it through no matter what it is. So, no, I, I, think I, it agree is, I, I, I think it is outside of like the norm for his character. Yes. But I think there's a good reason behind it. And in the end, you know, you know, you, you get what you get, you know, is I think a poor, you know, turn of phrase to kind of like explain it. Where like, mm-hmm. you know, he's, you know, he's, you know, good people will find other good people. You know what I mean? Like, like they recognize that. And it's, you know, I think Jerry had probably had an intuition about, you know, about, Jamie Foxx's character and then you know in return it, it came full circle you know for Jamie Foxx where like he's like you know they, you know this guy's a good guy and he is putting everything on the line I, I think I need to I need to shape up right now otherwise you know this is going to be gone because of me yep no matter what else happens it's my fault <laughs> I kind of like the that we didn't really get the Hollywood um, like the emotional Oh, I gotta, I gotta follow through with this because I gotta defend my character in this man's honor. Like I kind of dig that in a way. That was my point for asking. Is like it, it, it kind of subverts expectations in that way of, especially in the end when like you know because one of my favorite law films is um a time to kill with uh Matthew McConaughey sure. and Kevin Spacey. Very Runaway Jury. Movie. Yeah, Runaway Jury is Ooh. also another one of my. That's what uh, John Cusack. Yeah, John Cusack mm-hmm. and um yeah, yeah. um. That's a hell of a movie too, Wendell Rohr. Um, yeah, that's that's got a lot of good reaction shots too. One of my favorite is when one of the lawyers in that film realizes who's spinning the jury, and he looks at him, and it's a wonderful reaction shot of um, I forget the guy's name. Who's the 
who's the guy spinning it? He's in who's the the villain in um old school? Who's that 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 asshole Pritchard? John who is that? John Cusack. No, 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 no. Roger Neal knows what I'm talking Jeremy about. Jeremy Piven. Piven, yeah, yeah, yeah. Piven is the guy who gets the reaction or does the reaction shot. It's beautiful in that film. Anyway, we didn't like get the whole he kind of flirts with uh Journey Smollett's character and there's so there's a couple other things that didn't happen in the end. I thought, you know, at least one of them was gonna offer Hal Dawkins a job and no one does. It's just like I kind of even though I want that, and you guys know I want I want a ribbon put tied around everything beautifully. We didn't get that, and I'm glad we didn't. Well, hold on, hold I on. We got, I think we got a half a billion ribbons tied around things. Yeah, no, well, no, but no. it's not even. Go ahead. What do you mean flirts about flirts around having an affair with 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 Smollett's character? Where the hell did yeah, you I get never, that? I never got that vibe. Yeah, no, there's no, not no, a no, 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 no. I'm saying it, the, the movie we didn't go there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I I, I thought you said that that was like one of the things that you got from it. Okay, no, yeah, because yeah, no, I, no, would, no. I would, I would, I would strongly disagree with you but you didn't say that no so. no no good, no, no. good, good I, on I you son i appreciated that fact um i appreciate same, very much the same another thing i loved is um talking about all these things i love but it moved into a lot of things well is when we see the, they always take time to not only show you one couple of the love story this is a love story it's just not between it's not your it's not your traditional love story it's just it says two different couples and we get to see how they each react like yeah, my heart melted absolutely. a little bit when you saw how Tommy Lee and his wife of of many 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 years spent that those tender moments together, and then when um, when um, Jamie Foxx's his character's wife came to his hotel and they had that like that little like danceathon in his like those are great moments, man, for any couple out there. Great moments, and I'm glad the movie really capitalized on because it again it like it humanizes these people and they're not just. Hollywood lawyer is doing in a film you're watching, you know, it, it makes them real people with real problems that just want to burn out, like just blow off steam before the final verdict their own way. And I really appreciate that because I don't think a lot of movies take time to do that. No, but I mean, this also isn't a lot of movies, you know, oh, it's pretty you're, good from start to finish. You're right, you're right about that. And yeah. we don't yeah. get that a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's called above. It's, it's above average for a reason. Yep. I agree. I agree. Well, tell me some stuff you guys didn't like about this movie. Was there was there much? Honestly, I don't have much that I'm I would take out or anything of this movie. I think it all plays pretty well. I think the one thing that I enjoyed about this movie is it's not a short movie, but it doesn't feel long at all to me because it flows so well. And one of the best things a good movie can be is where it feels like it's it's going quickly. You know, because like they spend the last hour plus of this movie in the courtroom for 90 percent of it. And that never feels boring or slow to me at all. You're right. It it doesn't, except when they go see like the the fields and they have that explanation. No, it's not. It's excellent. Excellent scenes. It's an excellent. It it, it's giving you context and background of what's going on and a very important context uh, with the Lowen group. So let's talk about that guy who is in who is the head of the Lowen group. I he he's rich and then he's not. He's a a hole <laughs> man. He is an a hole for sure. Now listen, a, 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 any guy that invites me on his boat and feeds me some lobster, I'm 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 at least down with a little bit, right? You know what I mean? Sure, 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 sure. sure. Who I doesn't? Mean, listen, want... I'll take I'll take the meeting. 
Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. That's fair. You always take a meeting. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you're not you're not commend anything, but you are getting some primo lobster. Mm-hmm. Looks sure. good too. One thing I I I thought it was weird, um, and maybe I'll just bounce it back to you guys. I don't think I missed something here, but maybe I did. Is when he's on the stand, and Jamie Fox is making a point about the boat that they were on, mm-hmm. and he's trying to make the point that it's a very expensive boat bought off the backs of the rich black community or the, the poor black community that they swindled out of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, hundreds of millions of hundred, dollars, hundred, sir. Hundreds of millions of dollars. And when Jamie Foxx walks up to the stand, and it's not like, it's not quiet enough that the jury can't hear it. And he says, what really bothers me about this is you don't seem to be bothered by it. And the guy says, nope, never. Yep. And I'm thinking... Well, does that remove some tension from you guys? Because the, not only did the jury no. hear that, well, not only did the jury hear that is now there's no chance, there's no tension even a little bit that Jamie Foxx is going to lose his case. Also, well, I mean, scary. some rich prick sticks his foot in his mouth. I don't care. I mean that that would be called the nail in the coffin, right? The I I think that that was the entire point of Jamie's. Sure, you know, sure, and I and, know, and, and, and yeah. I get that, but that's kind of like and, well, well, this is a slam well, yeah. Dunk, huh? Well, you want, do you want them to cut away right when he's going to answer, like 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 from a movie making standpoint? No, uh, I was surprised the guy didn't. I mean, he's he he's he's the head of a multi billion dollar corporation and didn't have a better answer than that. Well, okay, so so there's well, you, you there's to tell the truth. There's two things: is a this is movies, you know what I mean? So it's going to be a little bit dramatic. Two is that you know I think at, in in that point at that point of the cross examination the whole goal of you know one of the goals of cross examination one of the ways to achieve it is to make it up is to make the person you're cross examining forget Flustered. about everyone else in the room and they're having a conversation with you now so that they forget you know that they need to you know answer certain ways and things this like that this is all that. on the record yeah. and there are hundreds of people watching yeah exactly yeah like like your goal is to make is to make someone break that focus and that's exactly what he was able to do and that then he's seen it. Go ahead, Brian. Oh, I was just gonna say he asked it, he asked that question away in a way that also was you know it was a trap. Like you know if he says if he says no, then he looks like a, a prick for that reason. If he says yes, that means that he thought about it. He knew what he was yeah, doing was wrong. He did it anyway. Never. Yeah, exactly. So like, either way, he like the only way he wins is if he doesn't answer that question, which is still a loss in that situation. So it was just a brilliant way to set up that, you know, with with courtroom drama. I don't know why I thought that was weird. It's just like it's a red flag to me of like, ah, it's a weird way to have a man set. Now, again, being as it's so 99.95, it's a lot of that could be true to form. And like, nope, that's what he actually said on the stand. Mm -hmm. So very possible. That would be available to find in public record. Um, The other part of that is, too, is like that whole scene, man, like it gets really intense. And when he was like, all right, I'm not dealing with this. I'm leaving. And he's like, sit your ass down. Yep. (laughs) I'm not done here. Even the judge is like, like, hey, hey. No, he's like, don't use that language here. And he's like, sir, you can't leave until I tell you you can leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? You can't just leave when you're on the stand? You can just get up and walk yeah. away? You're in the middle of being examined by a attorney, sir. You can't just leave. Being judged, <laughs> being judged by a court of your peers. It's like you just remembered you left the you, you left the oven on. You got to go fix it. Yeah, <laughs> I got to go. It's very strange. <laughs> There's not All a whole... way back to Canada. <laughs> There's not a whole lot I didn't like about this movie. I thought it... Man, I thought it... I, I just... Like a lot of games I've been playing recently, this movie just kept getting better as it went on. It just kept getting more and more. Now, let me ask you something, Chris and Roger. And mm-hmm. who, 
else can do the O'Keefe role besides Tommy Lee? Who else can just throw out some names? I'm just just throw out some Liam names Neeson. No, not, as, long as, right. as long as as long as as long as he doesn't have to jump any fences. I'm I'm serious. Who else can? Who else do we know of? Just you can just rattle off. They could have done this. As Actually, let me just as... pull up uh, some guys in their 70s, actors in their 70s, and we'll go down a list. I'd be curious to know because Tommy Lee Jones brings a certain kind of. Tommy Lee Jones is 77 years old, yeah. by the way. So Jeez. he's right. He's, he's he's right up there. I mean, but so he... I, uh, I I don't know. So like. Oh what? shit! All the first three people on this list could have done this: De Niro, Who? Pacino, Sam Neill, Robert Redford. <laughs> I don't Richard know. Dreyfus. I don't I know. Seen, I could see Redford of those ones. I could see Redford before the others, but well, well, Sam so, Neill could have done this. I don't know. The thing is, Tommy Tommy Lee Jones and the way he did this, he has that. He has that very like that humble. Like you know, like a servant of others, like old old man, look to him, right? And the Pierce attitude. Brosnan. Pier, no, P- Pierce is too uh, pretty, Pierce, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? He's still too like, yeah, too pretty for. Those. I mean, I think Danny DeVito. <laughs> yes, oh, stop, absolutely. Stop. Well, like, hey, like, look, he said he was too pretty, so I just had well, to like, think. You you can't you, you can't even go with Jack Nicholson because again, like 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 he has he almost has like a like a way he carries himself that's all, not not smug, but like. Like he can be a dick sometimes, right? Tommy has that, you know, he, he like he he looks like he doesn't have he doesn't have a mean bone in his body. I think okay, that's okay. So I have, I have a real one here. What about Michael Keaton? Yeah, he, yeah, Michael Keaton. I think I Michael, see yeah. knowing that he was once Batman though would make that really hard. Why? Okay, fair. Because he was because he's written. he wouldn't be Batman in the movie. <laughs> or hold on. What if he Hear was? Oh. <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me out. What if he wasn't Batman? <laughs> also, Mister Mister T is also seventy one years old. Mister so. T, damn. Hey, yeah. John Goodman, aka Russell Crowe, is <laughs> seventy one. Well, how old is Russell Crowe? I don't know. Not seventy one. He can't be far off from that. In two thousand, he was like forty three. I, I think. I think thick Russell Crowe could do it. Actually. But it's got to be thick Russell Crowe. God, that would have been a very different movie, though. Anyway, we're getting off, we're getting off topic here, but um, <laughs> I, William point, H Macy. No, I mean I don't want to say no because he definitely okay, has okay. the acting prowess. Serious to do it. one, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, Jeff Bridges could have could have done this easily. Hey, hold on, with what about Kevin Costner? No, he's not old enough. Yeah, he's not. Old it, enough. Uh, he's not okay. Okay, he's no. not in the seventies. I think Jeff Bridges could have. I think he has a lot of the same mannerisms. They're all like very similar mannerisms to Tommy Lee as well. So, yeah, I think that that could that could have happened. But all right, so we're we're getting a little off the cuff here. I was just curious if who you thought it could really do that as well as he did. Kevin Costner is sixty eight. Jeez, please, that's close, right? One year off the golden year. He's not seventy. Right? <laughs> not seventy. <laughs> um, all right. So, anything else? What would you guys give me? Names to me some more stuff you didn't like, or say you didn't. There's nothing else you didn't like. So no, I'm good, man. I, I enjoyed this. Movie. There's not much I didn't like here. That it's not saying that it's a perfect film. I think this movie is. I, I think it's in. I think it's in that Timon and Pumbaa range, right? It's it's simple yet satisfying. Or like wow. you know, it's good for you, man. There's, good for you. There's not. There's not too much here that is unlikable. You know, it doesn't do anything spectacular or anything that's like like super far, like like above grade. 
but it's good the whole way through. It's entertaining. It's got great characters. It's got great drama. It's got, you know, it's got something that hooks you in. I, I and it's got a, it's got a satisfying ending too. So I think it's just simply good. Yeah, I think the barrel is a is a solid movie, Chris. I, th- I think you summed it up very well with that last thing you said. Uh, there's a lot of good, not a lot of bad. It's just a solid movie. Uh, congratulations, yeah, it, it, congratulations, it's, it's, to Amazon. Yeah, it's just simply satisfying. I thought Simone and Pumbaa style. Simply satisfying. I can, you know, it's funny. I remember that sequence like very well. All those like oh, yeah. those like early '90s, mid '90s. I remember them so well. It's incredible. Simply Have you ever satisfying. thought about not giving a fuck about it? <laughs> That's the meme, right? It is the meme. It, okay. Yeah. <laughs> my uncle tried to kill me, and he murdered my father. You ever thought about not giving a fuck about it? <laughs> here's, here, yeah. here's this bug. Enjoy. <laughs> all right, all right, boys. Okay. Any last last closing remarks about about the burial before we move into scoring? Chris, you I kind of last thing. I, well, I I I can say one more thing about it. Like I I think this movie, on top of everything else going for it, that's positive very few negatives is the fact that it has a very satisfying ending, right? Like it's, yes, it just not, not, not even like, like the, like as it closes out, it has all the, like the mini stories it tells you in text, but even just the lead up to that point, every character that you care about gets a small little bow, except for maybe Hal, but, but you know, Hal's going places. So I do like the way this movie just has a, a, a very satisfying end all the way across the board for all the characters. You feel good when, you know, when, when the credits start to roll. And, I agree. Uh, props to Jeremy, for, uh, uh, excuse me, Jerry, for uh, sticking it out till '96. By the way, right? Yeah, yeah. Good for him. Yes, indeed. Well, I mean, he had the bankroll to do it at the end, so <laughs> definitely had the bankroll. Um, Chris, one thing I want to say on what you just said is, I do agree with you. Everyone got that nice, neat little bow. Um, I, I was. It's just me wanting the completionist version of the movie, but I was really hoping one of them was going to offer Hal a job. But you, like you said, he's young, motivated. He's going places. Oh, so yeah, absolutely. I think you know that by just the story that was told that Hal don't need no help. He's he's going to he's going to be OK. Yeah, he's he's, he's going to scallop people for the next 10 years until he looks old enough to be a lawyer. It'll be fine. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I did uh, enjoy very much like the the weird, not weird, but like the the ending, the closing we got on the on the Jamie Foxx character and the Journey Smollett character, how they like, they were very friendly with each other. It's like, you're probably one of the best lawyers I've ever had to go against. Very, very creative. And, and then oh, she yeah, mutters yeah. that thing. It's like, I wonder what Cochran will think. Putting a nice little bow on the Johnny Cochran oh, thing too. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah. So I, I think it's a very solid movie. So uh, let me ask you guys one more question before we go to score it, right? So sure. the way that this closes out, how it has like the, uh, it, it gives you like the text bookend where it's telling you about, you know, just like the little story after with the true story stuff. What do you guys feel about like that kind of that kind of closeout? Does that elicit like good things for you, bad things? Do you like seeing it? Do you not like seeing it? I actually really enjoy when movies like give that. I don't know. I find it weirdly satisfying when I have that little blurb to read afterwards when there's a when the movie ends this way. I love those kinds of endings. And I don't know why, but I just it, it hits all the hits all the good endorphins. So. So for me, I get really annoyed when based on true story movies don't have that. Mm hmm. You know what I mean? Unless, unless here's the thing, though. Unless they wrap everything up on the screen, because yeah. normally they don't. Um, unless they wrap, wrap everything up, like I, I want to see a recap. I want to see what the real people look like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's that's a must for me for a based on a true story movie. Gotcha. What about you, Grayson? I agree. Well, it, it also adds an element of 
more of a realism to it too. You know what I mean? It's just it, it adds a it's it's another layer of the neat little bow thing that mm-hmm. it's it's I find it di- I don't find it difficult. I find it kind of weird to think about if you're watching a movie where you know where you know someone survives because they're still alive today and you're watching their harrowing story is it's a it's a weird mix between uh the movie as in like you're telling the story and you're putting them in mortal danger which people know they survive. You know, there's a weird mix between like we got to you still got to keep the suspense but people know they survive so you got to use that as a tool to help write the suspense as well. It's just I don't know, it's one of those things but I I agree with Roger. I if it's a true life story, I want to see the people, I want to see how closely they've been represented as far as like physically and like what they look like. Um, it's yeah. that, that stuff's usually just very nice things. The, the last time I think I really, really enjoyed that, like a huge smile on my face, was Green Book. Uh, Roger, I know you and I covered that one. That was um, yeah, Green Book was a really good movie though. So that one, that, that yeah, best important. best picture winner too. <laughs> so yeah, that's one. Also, you see them, you see what they look like, you see that they're still friends until one of them passed, and it's a great little way to tie that bow. And this one's not all that dissimilar. I mean, you know, they went through a thing together. They were friends until one of them passed. Um, and then even even beyond that, they're still friends. Like it's a it's a great little vignette or yeah. bow on the vignette of what is those two characters. I had a I had I had a friend who has like severe ADHD, and he hated when movies had like text at the end of them and stuff like that. I remember I remember, I remember being in a theater once. And as soon as it started, he just screamed, "No one cares!" And he just, he started walking out. That so. man is irrationally angry. It <laughs> wasn't, that- wasn't even angry. You know, one one of those actually, Rogers, that I think will go against the grain for you and me is a movie you've never seen. I've talked about it, Fly Boys, with James Franco, like two thousand five. Um, the nope, it's it. a story about the World War One dogfighting. Uh, uh, an American goes over to fight with the French to hold, try to hold back the Germans, and that's a weird because like that there's like this down Rogers Alley. That's a that's a it's a it's a war story, and this whole time he's been like he goes over there and he's he's find this this woman with kids and he falls in love and. Then like Paris has to be evacuated because the Germans are coming, and then the the closing the, even they've gone they've gone through this entire movie together. Then Rollins, I think Jake Rollins is his name, and then the end of the movie is like, well, they evacuated and uh, she was never seen again. They never saw each other They're again. They're dead now, <laughs> hard out. Well, it's like why would you just let me believe that the love story was then? Like why do you just let me believe they were together? Why did you destroy my well, shit? <laughs> and no one survived. <laughs> That's uh, so. What movie? So what is that? Um, a perfect storm. Oh my with, goodness! Uh, Clooney and Wahlberg. Where, oh like, yeah, that ship just sinks and everybody fucking dies. Dude. Like, oh man, what a fucking letdown! What a just, ride, man. Yeah, I just watched that recently, and it's that they go up in some. Because you think they're actually gonna make it? Like you definitely. Well, you, so. I, you definitely think that at least some people are going to make it. Like at the end, where Wahlberg's character is back up to the surface and he's got his vest on and everything, and like, oh man, he might get through this. And no, this hard cuts. They're all dead. They're all dead. All of them. <laughs> I remember leaving the movie theater and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why would you tell me that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a great movie though. It's it very like a warning. Movie. Yeah, it is, no, it's, it's a good movie. I think that's what pissed me off the most. <laughs> warning: <laughs> bring, bring tissues. Right. Available Damn. at the concession stand for twenty five dollars. Um, yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I agree. So let's move into scoring this bad boy. Then anyone have a have a burning desire to go first? I'll go. I first. will. Okay, okay got it. I got it. I got it. Roger, it's Roger's turn. I'll go. So in this movie, like I think it's 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 very well done. It's it's acted very well with uh, a story that's you know 
you would think a, a story involving a significant amount of contract law might be very boring, but it's not like it, it works pretty well. And uh, I think it's a testament to the the people you have playing these characters with Tommy Lee Jones and Jamie Foxx. You know, like these are some of the best people we could get for these kind of roles. And because of that, you know, this movie to me is very good. So I think this movie's an eight for me, and I'm very happy to give it that. And, um, you know, it's like I feel weird. Like I feel like this movie might have done something if it was in theaters, but it, mm-hmm. we'll never see that. So yeah. who knows? Hmm. All right, I'll go next. So. Uh, as I said when we were talking about the movie, this movie doesn't do anything bad, right? Like if it does, they're there's there's such small things, but it doesn't do anything spectacular. The movie is just solid all the way through, and you know, good stories, feel good at the end, all that kind of thing. But I, I don't think I can go higher than seven. But this thing, this thing earns its seven so solidly. This is this is the the most foundationally sound seven I think I've ever given. This movie is just plain good. You can turn this on anytime and you're going to you're going to be able to watch it from wherever whatever point it's in. And you won't there's no way you won't enjoy what you're seeing on screen. The interactions between the characters, the dialogue, everything that, that is portrayed here through emotion. It's all really good. So I, I think I think a, a solid seven is what this movie gets. I'm going to go right smack dab in between you guys. Seven point five. I think it's a well earned seven point five. Uh, it's a it's a it's a well written film with a very, a very able person at, at the helm. And it shows it's. I mean, look, we've, we've, we've gushed over this movie for a while now. You guys just had some glowing things. I repeat all that, except this movie's worth your watch. If you have Amazon, there's no reason why you shouldn't just devote two hours to this. It's it's going to be well worth your time. I, I don't see anyone watching this and like, well, I hated that. Hmm. Let's go do something else. I just don't say yeah, that. It's, it's, especially if, it, if if you like the courtroom drama stuff. Like this thing, it, it'll tickle all your fancies. Ooh, so uh, I would like fancies. to make a statement about your scores that I believe a... A very foundational seven sounds like an eight, and a seven and a half is for cowards. <laughs> I mean, look. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean. So listen, you know, like I, I, I think in in a world where you have the Joker and you have this movie, the Joker is absolutely better than this film. And anyone who would score that Not off is, is a goddamn coward. But coward. all that being said, I feel like you know to to climb up higher than that seven, you got you have to do something special. And again. This movie's predictable. It's you see it all the way through. Nothing in this movie surprises you, right? It well, just it just feels good. So I think so, that's uh, that's why it stands there. I don't, I don't want to step on you, but I want to ask you a question. Was this movie actually predictable for you? Because yeah. like I don't until until the last guy gets on the stand, the low end guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This probably could have went either way, right? Well, yeah, yeah, but th- th- that's how all the courtroom case movies are, right? Like, like, like I mean, they're supposed to be that way. Exactly, you're right. They're supposed to be, as in that's that's kind of the formula. So again, like you know, I was I was waiting for our for our guys who are all such good goddamn people, and they already went through their struggle in like the beginning and middle part of this film. But there's no way that they're gonna also have them lose this court case, right? Plus, sure. it, it plus you know, like a quick Google search will tell me if they win or not. So it's just one of those things where, like, you know, it did it didn't outstand in any way. It just it was just good all the way through. I thought, I mean, I Chris, I think what you said kind of struck a chord with me uh, in the fact that it I think it does kind of go against the grain a little bit. And what's the non predictable thing is a that Jamie Foxx character and the Journey Smollett character only have kind of a weird friendly uh, rivalry, and the Hal Dawkins character doesn't get a job offer. If that was if this was made in the nineties. 
boom. Those are both slam dunks for absolutely you're going to see on screen. Well, no, um, there, there, there's plenty of um of of movies just like this where there's no there's no funny business between you know two people and dating and affairs stuff. Either. I don't know. Someone there I might mean, be like people love that kind of. They love to watch that drama play out. Um, but I, me, I, I hate I that. Think it's, well, no need to manufacture that. Yeah. Um, but I I do think it's a better movie than people are going to people. I mean, I don't think this is going to be watched. I had to dig for it. So if I had to dig for it, then I imagine most people have to dig for it too. Especially if you watch yeah, it but after. But like if but if you watch it after the first two weeks it's been out, that's you know Amazon they bury everything the first two weeks it comes out. Like after it's it's not on the homepage isn't, anymore. Isn't the entire homepage of your Amazon like Lucky Charms and Leprechaun stuff though right now? Why would they be that? He's in England, not Ireland. Oh, okay, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, hmm. Interesting, sir. Thank you. Uh, think That's of borderline that. racist. I'm going to be honest. Hey, listen, mm. borderline. That's the key. You got to walk that line sometimes. Got to walk that line. Uh, all right. So I think that's a. Those are very, very. Um, it's a very good movie. They got very good scores. So thank you, gentlemen, for joining me for this talking about this movie. Oh, as always, it's been a blast. This has been episode 353A of Ford Love Cinema, a movie podcast. Each new episode posts every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter, at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. Chris Bond, I am. Chris Bond, he is. No Twitter. No X, I should say. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Always posting things on social media. Send us an email to ForTheLoveOfCinemaPodcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at Killers of the Flower Moon and Old Dads on Netflix. Couldn't be a greater contrast of movies. A hard R rating and a a comedy. Yeah. There needs to be like two intermissions in this next movie or I'm mad. There's not a single intermission. You mad, bro?